What is up, replicants? Welcome back to Robots Don't Age. I am your host, Cody, and with me again today is the lovely Keani. Keani, what is up? Hello, motherfuckers. Uh, Alright, so as per usual, we're going to talk about our currents, man. What have you been up to? What have you been playing and watching? Um, not playing anything, you know, because that's, you know, but I... That's true. I have had nothing but coffee today. That has been my entire diet, and it's almost 5 p.m., so I'm a little energetic. And go. Mm, mm. I've been watching, um, a Kame Ga Kill on Netflix, um, which is, it's essentially this kid, like, goes to the city, and he's, like, optimistic, and he wants, it's an anime, and he wants to, like, be, you know, part of, like, the guard or whatever. And then he ends up in this fucked up situation. And then he ends up wrapped up with some assassins. And, and then they end up, you know, like, trying to take down the Empire. And then they have these, everyone, there's, like, these weapons. They're called, um, fuck, I can't think of it. Why can't I think of it? Uh, Is he a high school kid? Kind of, no, it's not like based in high school. He would be high school age, I guess. Yes. Okay, so he's a high schooler. He's a, he's young, yes. But it's but it's not like, I don't know that they have, like, it doesn't come across like they have school. Well, I mean, I guess maybe they do. It's like they've, he's from a small village on the other side of the uh, empire type situation. Well, I was, Imperial I was just arms wondering. what they're called. Oh, Imperial Arms. Okay, that's the weapon. Yeah, there. Well, there's like multiple of them. There's like they're like these legendary weapons, and then like you know they keep running into all these people who have them, and you know there's also some of them on their assassins team that have them. It's a pretty good show. I, I liked it. Basically, there's like a child, a child emperor who's being you know ran by a fucked up group of people. Like the minister is. So he is a terrible human being who's essentially manipulating the fuck out of this child. And yeah, so. Okay, is that the only thing you've been watching recently? Or at least the only thing new? Mm, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, uh, let's see. I've been mostly reading, but I will say, like, in terms of TV shows, I want to talk about Fargo. Never seen it. Okay, so each season is a whole different storyline, Keani, and I think you would love each and every one of them. Uh, let's see. I'm going to try to give you a little concise summary of each season as best I can. So season one, you're following Lester, a guy who's kind of a nobody insurance salesman in a small town insurance agent. And he kind of gets shit on by everyone, mistreated, until he runs into a hitman in the emergency room. And that kind of sets it on for a whole different course. Um, it's kind of like a goofy, dark comedy, crime comedy, I guess would be a way to consider the first season. And then you go to season two, and that one's more focused around like small town crime. Season three, you go back to uh, modern, like modern day Bob Odenkirk's in there playing one of two brothers. And the objective of that one is Bob Odenkirk as Ray is trying to get this rare stamp back from his brother and he hires a convict to break into his brother's house, but the convict goes to the wrong address. <laughs> hmm. And season four is currently airing, and it's just about, like, 1950s Kansas City organized crime between an Italian gang and a black gang, and it's been fascinating. Chris Rock's in there, and you have, like, one angel of death nurse. I find Chris Rock hilarious. 
I think that that would It's be a cool. very serious role, too, by the way. I should point that out. And yeah, Well, I mean, that's still okay. And so... I, I highly recommend the entirety of the series for everyone to watch. But anyways, as you were saying... You said that each... So each season is like a completely different thing. Yeah, there are some characters that might pop up. You'd get references, but you can watch each season individually and not miss anything. Kind of like, kind of like how America. I don't know if you've seen American Horror at all, but how they did like each season is like its own thing. But they like yeah, kind of like an anthology and stuff. Yeah, okay, okay, cool. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, uh, the first season I would say is probably going to be what I'd recommend for the average person because it's the better of all of them but season four as of right now they only have four episodes out on hulu i have enjoyed each and every episode of that season so it's it's definitely up there neck and neck for the two better seasons exciting uh okay and books i have been reading a lot of stephen king as per usual i went through a period last year i read just about 20 or so of his books and this year i read deadza or more recently not this year I've read Dead Zone and Dark Half, both excellent books. Dead Zone is about a man who has a gift for premonitions and kind of seeing the future. Uh-huh. And he gets in a terrible accident and uh, his powers are amplified and it kind of leads to, you know, what you might expect for when you can see the future. Uh, complications. Let's see. And the Dark Half is basically what I would assume is based off of Stephen King and his alter ego uh I want to say it was Richard Bachman. I can't quite remember. But the pseudonym that he used to write under with darker stuff. The character in the book did the same thing. Had a different alter ego that he wrote under. Best-selling books that were kind of like crime fiction thrillers. And his uh, alter ego that he quote-unquote buried for a Time Magazine cover shoot actually like comes to life and crawls out of the grave and starts hunting down the people that uh, caused him to be quote-unquote killed off. And it's actually like... Yeah, it's um, it's not as much horror as most of Stephen King's stuff, which is probably why I enjoyed it a lot, because it was just a little bit of a break from his usual work, and it's like hardcore crime, a uh, lot of hitman killing stuff in there. I mean, it's it's one of the more recommended Stephen King books out of all the ones that I've read, definitely. Hell yeah, I'll check it out. I recently downloaded The Stand, like you suggested. I haven't started it yet, but I have downloaded it on my Audible to start that. I actually recently just re-listened to Futuristic Futuristic Violence and Fancy Suits by David Wong to get myself all gassed up and ready for the next Zoe Ash novel, which I have in my backpack right now and I'm in the process of reading. I have read the first chapter of it, and that has been it. Ten pages. So you've read the first... I'm on, like, chapter three, I think, you know, because between content creating and and i'm also in the process of moving too so like yeah it's yeah you get it you understand yeah yeah since we're recording two episodes today and uh like i said earlier i've had nothing but coffee i'm doing a lot of content creation these next couple days myself yeah (laughs) i've also who needs days off who needs days off we take no days off here um, I've also been listening to, I don't know if I talked to you about this or not. Like, I mean, I finished them. Um, but it, it's essentially like a prequel to, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. It's, um, basically it's, oh shit. It's the rise of Kiyoshi. And then it, and then there's a second book called the shadow of Kiyoshi and Ki- Kiyoshi was like two, I think two 
avatars before, you know, Aang in, in the series that's on TV. She was the Earthbender, right? Yes. And she's very badass. And I feel like like her upbringing oh, yeah. and, and you know she her, don't give a fuck. Yeah, and her situation was just not that of your average avatar. And and I think that the books are definitely um they're a little more, I don't want to say more violent. It's just like, you know, with the TV show, you can't really, you can't really get into it in the same manner. Like, you know, you obviously know that somebody died, but they didn't like show that somebody died. But like, obviously in the book, they go into greater detail. And so I like it. It's more of like a, like it's more, more mature version. Yeah, it's just more mature. I like that. It actually sounds pretty cool. Alright, so for those who are not familiar with the Avatar series, you have the four basic elements that you, you know, at least some people can control. Fire, earth, water, and air. Mm-hmm. Now, since I finished the Avatar series and we've been watching Legend of Korra a little bit at a time, uh, I have a question that I like to ask everyone who's seen the show. Which element would you prefer to have? Yeah, which element would you prefer to have? I'll go first if you want to think about it, because I already have my answer. Yeah, go ahead. I know which one's the most practical, but that's not my choice. I would go firebending just because it looks amazing. It would be really fun. And Zuko's my favorite character. I just think the Fire Nation's the way to go, personally. And I could be, like, the cool character in the Triple Threat Triad, because who wouldn't want to be able to shoot fire out of their hands? Who wouldn't be able? You know, I feel like I'd want to say water because I connect to water more. Like, like just normally, myself as a person, like, I like to be the ocean and stuff like that. But... But I think I'm going to have to go with Earth because, like, I love the concept of being able to, like, feel the vibrations with your feet. And yeah, I was thinking that's definitely the most practical of all of them, too. I mean, you get to do metal bending. You can move the Earth around people, create structures. It's got a lot of practicality to it. Yeah. And it's not so I just I liked the idea of being able to, like, see things with my feet. Like, like I, I like that concept. Yep, yep, yes, I am. Okay, and all. Uh, nothing wrong with that. (laughs) No, I do think that earth bidding is definitely like the most practical. But I just like fire as the prefer uh, preferred choice. I like to burn shit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't want to officially talk about that on a recording. But you know what I do want to officially talk about on a recording, Keani? Descender. Yes, and that will happen after these uh, commercials that are supporting our show, allegedly. I should really talk to our accounting guy about that. I don't think I've gotten paid. Anyways, commercials! <laughs> hey there, it's Agent the Masterful Dude of Doodliness, the face that runs the place, the host with the most from the Fan Freaks podcast. And you're listening to Robots Don't Age. And you should listen more and more. And more. And more. And we're back. Man, nothing like those commercials to Mm. get my nipples nice and hard. Mm, I like it. (laughs) All right. So as the title of the episode revealed, and I did not say at the top of the show because I am, you know, still a practicing podcast host. Not quite there. Uh, We are going to be talking about Descender, Volume 3. Yay. Singularities. And if you can't figure it out, I'm assuming for some reason you haven't just jumped into the volume three. Uh, we are going to be spoiling it and discussing it and, you know, just notes that we've both taken on the storyline. So if you're not reading along, then 
go out and buy them. Yeah, major spoiler alert. So, um, but thanks yeah. for listening. I guess it's appreciated. Yeah, appreciate it. Definitely. All right, Colonel, you want to lead the discussion this time? Oh yeah, sure. Okay, so first off, okay, Tim Twenty One. Obviously, there are more of them because he is the twenty first. Anyway, um, Tim Twenty Two trying to kill Tim Twenty One. Like, I can't wait to see how that fucking comes out, because I haven't even got to the other one. But the abuse that Tim 22 had to go through was so fucked. Like, that shit made my stomach turn. That was my first note. I'm like, yeah, he was abused and unloved. All right, note one. Yeah, (laughs) like... This whole volume was like flashbacks and basically origins for the characters, and you got to see some Tim 22 shit. Yeah, like, that was was fucked. I'm like, I kind of understand why you're a little psycho, because, like, the person who owned him, for those of you who haven't read it, like, the person who owned him would, like, keep him in the closet for like years on end. He'd like beat him with his cane. And at like one point he fucking burned him in the face with a cigarette. Like, I just don't. All right. So I think I found the perfect slogan for Tim 22. Uh, He ain't no killer, but don't push him. (laughs) Don't push me. Cause I'm close to the edge. edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he definitely killed a few people. For people who uh, haven't read the book, he has basically like a laser that shoots out of his palm, and it's mostly a self-defense thing that he only uses when he's pushed to it, mm-hmm. which is very constant because he's just being chased by like these fucking meat bags the entire time throughout his entire childhood yeah. until he eventually got saved by some fucking mecha robot. Whose name I forget. Pisces, Pieces, Pieces, Pisces, something like that. But he's part of the resistance, or he's like the the like the main the, the hardwire like, honcho with the motherfucking yeah uh, the resistance the hardwire yeah. So that's yeah. So I feel like he views him as his savior and is just like afraid that Tim Twenty One's gonna take his spot. But like counseling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I it's it's the first human to ever show Tim, or not even human, it's the first, like, living sentient being to show Tim 22 any sort of affection or attention. So, you uh-huh. know, he's naturally clinging on to him for dear life uh-huh. in a very sad, somewhat understandable way. But now that's leading to him trying to ice out Tim 21. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Just like, fuck. All right, moving on here. Sorry, do you have any more? No. I, well, I mean, yes, I just don't understand how, like... Like, the, with the way, because in a lot of these flashbacks, you kind of see how these robots were treated. But, like, in those flashbacks, like, you can clearly see that they have, like, individual personalities. And then, the, like, the way, I don't understand how, even though it's a robot, I don't understand how you can look at something that so clearly, like, interacts with you and has <laughs> a different fucking personality, like, has its own personality, how you can treat it that way, or treat it like, shit, why, why are you laughing at me? Are you, are you fucking new to humanity? Like, I just don't, how do you not have compassion? Like, I'm not, I'm obviously accustomed to this, because, like, this is just how humanity is you are fucking right i'm just i'm still disgusted with it like i'm still disgusted with it like on any other basis i'm fucking disgusted with it 
Like, I often find myself having that same thought where, like, even with real life issues, I'm like, I don't get it how you do it. So when I read this book, it checks out. I'm like, oh, yeah, they are technically just robots, even though they have emotions. But, like, damn, yeah, that is something that just happens in real life. It's just, you know. Mm. Moving on to treating people like getting into their back issues and understanding, you know, kind of the psychology behind them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Telsa has just very clear and, like, glaring daddy issues. Yes, definitely. Like, okay, Telsa's mom died in the harvester attack. Like, bitch got zapped up, like, right behind her. And then she she freaking goes and, you know, ends up going to her dad and then you know, wants to be part of the UGC and, like, fight this shit and her dad won't let her. And so she, like, goes as far as to go and find this person named Min Kota, which I fucking love the design of this thing. Like, I don't know if you remember what she looks like. It's, like, that weird thing smoking a hookah and then she's got, like, the, oh, yeah. the body inside of the body, like, the little face on her stomach. I don't know why I thought that was so fucking cool, but I just thought the design of it was really dope. It reminds me in a kind of strange way of how, like, in the Star Wars universe, you have yes. the huts that rule. I was about to giant slugs. Bro, I was about to say it made me think of Jabba the Hutt. Like, full on. Because, like, if you look at it, in every Star Wars universe, the crime boss is always just a hut, and they don't have any physical prowess. They're just clever beings that manage to get people to work for them. Yeah. And that's the entire basis for their power structure, and that's kind of what reminded me of this thing. Yes, very much so. Very much so. And so she, anyway, this person, like, creates a new identity for her. So she basically changes who she is and, like, falls off the face of the earth just so she can be in the fucking military because her dad wouldn't let her. And it's just like, I yeah, just feel like- become a pilot. Yeah, she has a very, like, and, like, now that she's in it and, like, he found out about it, obviously, like, she's very, like, I gotta, I gotta do good, because daddy, like, it's just daddy, <laughs> glowing daddy. And she's headstrong to boot, too. You just oh, keep yeah. seeing more of her character come to light. Like, she failed the simulation because she left her squadron to go risk her life and ultimately, quote-unquote, died in the simulation because she didn't listen to her uh, commander, yeah. her trainer, whatever the technical term was. Which doesn't surprise me because she just comes across very like fuck, glaring fuck you, personality I, issues. Fuck glaring you, personality. Fuck you! I won't do what you tell me. Uh, fuck. Speaking of fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Quan still a piece of shit. A true trilogy is what uh, I written, have written down for this. You know he is still a fucking piece of shit, and I am so glad that Telsa whooped his ass. I'm like, get him, get him, fuck him up. It is just shocking to me, like, he's still allowed to be this level of shit. Helian villain just continuously, like, fucking up everything. I don't know why, like, Telsa didn't just slit his throat and leave his body somewhere for the robots right? to find. Right, and he just know. out here snitching. But I do, like, as much as I despise him, his his capacity to keep things to the side to keep these wild cards to himself to fucking play to save his own ass like you are also a master finesser even though i don't like you i i still have to respect that you kept things and played them when you needed to play them to keep yourself alive i feel the exact same way about dr kwan as i do about the life of elrod hubbard who, like, I mean, you're familiar with him, possibly. Mm, I don't know. Founder of Scientology. Um, okay, all right, I can give okay, you a- okay. 
I give you a quick synopsis of his life and, uh, you know, just say as little as possible so I don't have a hit team put after me or whatever they do. Okay. But basically... He uh, he always stated that like founding a religion to be the best way to make money. And he at one point was in a satanic cult, did some weird rituals with them. His big thing, though, that I really like appreciate is he wrote a lot of mediocre science fiction short stories mm -hmm. to the point where it'd be like 4,500 to 20,000 words a day. Oh, damn. And not saying they were good. They had typos, apparently, and like riddled with errors. But mm -hmm. still, you got to appreciate the consistency. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that I'm really astonished by. But as a whole, like he is one person who managed to grift, lie, and kind of like maneuver his way around to a very successful, rich life. Followed by like a cult and people that truly are wrapped up in the uh, fanaticism of L. Ron Hubbard. And that's something that like I could direct like directly draw a line between him and Dr. Kwan from. That's kind of like a real life counterpart that I'd think of. I like that. I like that you were able to find like a real life example, <laughs> essentially. That yeah. I don't think Dr. Kwan has a cult or anything, but in terms of like a personality type that manages to keep moving on his feet and thriving and living. I mean, I guess he's less successful, so he's maybe more like a Jacob Wool. Well, I mean, he was he was he was initially very successful, but he also like how you said grafted his this like managed to make his way around this rich successful life through lying, like that's exactly what Quan did. Like that's exactly what Quan did. It is very similar, uh, but yeah, that's just kind of someone who I thought of in a, at least a personality type. Yeah, and so, but anyway, so Quan, Quan drops a fucking bomb and says that the that the the original professor and the ancient the original ancient robot that they had found is still alive, and which I can't wait to get to that fucking point because. Like, I, I want to know more about this ancient fucking society of robots, which I mean is obviously is will eventually fucking come full circle. Um, it reminds me a lot of I I can't remember if I mentioned this in our previous discussions, but it reminds me of the engineers from the Alien franchise. No. And Prometheus. Yeah, they remind me of like the quote unquote creators uh, yeah. spoilers for Aliens and Prometheus. If you guys haven't seen that by now. But the engineers are basically the people that created humans and xenomorphs. Wait, did they create xenomorphs? Nope, they created humans. Yes. But yeah, that's kind of what they reminded me of. Like, just the design. Mm -hmm. I think it might dip into that territory a little bit. That's just my my theory. Mm -hmm. And that's maybe why the harvesters came back. I don't know. I don't want to assume what, the, what happens because I don't have a firm enough thought yet. Mm -hmm. But moving on to the next one, if you don't have any more notes on Quan. No. All right, you know who we're here to talk about. It's our boy Driller. Driller? Drillers are <laughs> Drillers a real thriller. Man, okay, so this with Driller, like Driller's story, like when he lost his friend. When I say like that was that was a very emotional part of the fucking book for me. Like I felt so bad for him in Scoops. Like I felt so bad. Like because he was just so mistreated, and then his friend fucking died. And I just, it just, yeah, it made me, like, I was genuinely sad. Yeah, I I knew it was coming when they introduced Scoops, and I'm like, oh, God, we're going to have to watch Scoops die. <laughs> and it was built up in such a way that, like, he lasted 10, 15 years, something like that, longer than he should have. Yeah. And then he eventually started failing, and Driller had to watch his skull get bashed in by this yeah! real 
awful person who kept mistreating them just so they could keep like having a larger output it was terrible and heartbreaking to watch yeah it was it was awful like he just like he essentially beat the fucking robot to death and it was like so i don't it was just so what's even worse about it too is that if driller would have just killed the guy scoops could have lived because the whole place went to shit like i don't know five to ten minutes after the fact he would have been fine but it went to shit because driller made it go to shit because they found that initial leak and then that dude patched it up and then after and then he fucking murdered scoops and then driller was like fuck you and he so he like fucking killed dude and then he's the one who like punched in the fucking wall so that the leak spread the way that it did and did cause the mining colony to have to evacuate, which is the initial catalyst of Volume 1. Mm-hmm. However, the people were still planning on fleeing, I believe, because of the harvester attacks on the UGC, right? Uh, well, see, I don't know if they were planning on leaving that colony because no, because that mining colony was out in the middle of fucking nowhere. And they didn't have, they didn't have anybody. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have the fucking, I don't know, were they fleeing because of that or did they flee because of the mine issue? I thought the guy came down and was telling the other miner that they had to leave because of the harvesters. And there wasn't like a big deal with the leak because he had patched it up. But then Driller, because Driller is in fact a real killer, lost his shit and began to uh, like kill the guy and open the leak again. Was that was that that's current? That's how it happened, right? I don't, I don't know. I don't have my book with me right now. I, like I said, I thought that they were evacuating because of the leak, because the leak was going to kill everyone. I, I believe the order was they found the leak. He patched it up. The guy came down there and talked about, because, you know, this is after Scoops died, mm-hmm. talked about the harvesters attacking, uh, robots killing people, driller lost his shit, figured this is the time to burn everything down, brothers, and killed that guy and started the gas. <laughs> I would have killed that guy too. Like, I just, I just really feel like I completely understand why, why, why they, why he would have wanted to kill him and, and why he just thinks all humans are fucking bad and why the resistance is the way it is. Because like, obviously these, these beings have, you know, light like personality and and, and traits and think for themselves and this that and the third and it's essentially a fucking slave culture like so i completely understand the the rise up and everything and and wanting to fucking fight people it's just it, it was awful how they were treated and like i said like that that whole portion of the comic made me very sad like i was very emotional about it very emotional and i feel like i'm building all this compassion for everyone but like the humanoid people i mean they're all kind of shit though they are all kind of shit (laughs) i mean the only one i'm really for is fucking queen in between or effie Whatever fuck you want oh to call Oh my her. god, we haven't even talked about them, I, have we? No, we haven't, but I've got them. That was a good segue because I, I that's my next set of notes. Is, is on Queen that. Between, by the way, not Effie. It's Queen Between. Queen Between, okay. Put some respect For, on her fucking name. Formerly known as Effie. 
okay. yeah, Andy. Her, her and Andy have like known each other since they were fucking kids. They they both were, you know, taken to a place where they were taking kids who had lost everything and the, so they grew up in the same fucking place and then they left together and they used to hunt together. And then eventually it just did not fucking sit right with her, which doesn't surprise me because shit was getting to the point where it wasn't, it's just, it was a, it was essentially a fucking like robot Holocaust. Like they were just round and round, like just even when they weren't doing anything and just wanted to live like their piece, it's just fucked. Anyway, it didn't fucking sit right with her. And so then they split up and then I love the fact that, she gets her first like prosthetics and her first like, you know, um, like robot arm because she was at a protest and she protests like fighting for robots and the treatment of robots. And there ended up being like this explosion and she fucking like lost her arm. And then, you know, had, I just thought that that was, that that was okay. So you got that last part about half, right? Half, right. What did I? Yeah. um, the 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 Ganesh the Nish I don't know how to pronounce their name their faction mm-hmm. title G N I S H they're basically the police uh-huh. they were executing robots in the giant melting pot and she uh, w- went up there and tried to stop him hit the cop or uh, yeah this cop and was basically thrown into the pit which burned off like part of her face and took her arm I thought there was an explosion I guess I wasn't looking good enough I made these notes skimming back through it after yeah yeah she got straight up like tossed in there oh, somehow yeah, because that's why that's why her chin was burned like that I didn't realize it was the melting oh yeah it was the melting pot pits but they were freaking out about it and it was it was you know yeah it was fucked and then she came to with you know the robotic arm andy was there trying to reconcile because he did miss her but he wasn't going to give up being a scrapper and you know that's just kind of what andy had been doing up until uh he was introduced in volume two at least yeah and now and you know now she's very like because he was like we'll get you a normal arm and she was just very like it's a part of me now like no and yeah, and that's like, kind of what started the transition to like the robotic mm-hmm. cyborg things that her and uh, her faction. The betweeners rest in peace. Peace, because they all fucking died. I yes, they were just me. absolutely leveled. They were, oh, uh, they were devastated. And well, Andy fucking led them there, so whatever. But yeah, you know, look, Andy was doing what he can. He has to find Tim 21 before anybody else does. All right. And he's doing what he's doing in the name of a love. And they did manage to get Bandit to to connect to Tim 21 because that's how it ended out. Because as soon as she got them wires connected together, then all of a sudden Tim 21's like Bandit. And you see Tim 22 coming into the background. I need to order the next book so that I can <laughs> read them. Oh, I can't wait. We will pick up on all of that and what's going on with Bandit and Tim 21 in volume four and on the next episode of this podcast when we cover descender volume four and not like the next next episode but the next time we talk about descender that's my clumsy attempt at saying kiani tell people (laughs) where they can find you you can find me on tiktok and on instagram uh both at abundant studio 
And then my website is AbundantStudio.com where I have uh, original paintings and prints and some clothing and shit. So, you know, check it the fuck out. And as usual, you can find me on Twitter at Cody Has Coffee and Robots Don't Age, which is the Twitter er, uh, the podcast official Twitter. And of course, be sure to check us out on Facebook at Who Asked For This. We have the first episode of our skit comedy show. We have the first episode of our sketch comedy show, Who Asked For This, out. It runs in at about 10 minutes, guys, and I would love it if you would uh, just check it out. We got a few skits in there, new transitions, a lot of new material that we're working on, too. All right, and on that note, thanks for listening, everybody. We're out. All right, see ya.